And I'd like you to welcome Carmen to the stage as she comes to bring us the Word of God. You guys can sit down. These girls can take over. It's very intentional, not random. Thanks, Ruben. Thanks, Morella. Aren't our production team awesome? Let's give them a hand. Our screens, lighting, sound. During this series, I'm throwing some curvy ones their way, so thank you so much for obliging me. This is our new series, The Do-Over, and we are entering our second week where we'll be talking about new family. And before we get any further, I just want us to pray. Would you join with me and let's pray, let's commit this time to God. Oh, Lord, you are the God of the second chance and we give you all the praise. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for our do-over. Last week we cleared out the furniture, we put the drop sheets down, we, we washed down the walls. You gave us a clean slate, a new identity, a fresh canvas, God. And this week we open up our front door and we let people in. We let in our new family, people from all stages, every background, people who love us because we are united in our love for Christ. Thank you. We now belong to you. We have been adopted into your family, our new family. We belong and we are never alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So... In this series, we are exploring the book of Ephesians written by Paul, an apostle of Jesus. So every week we'll be discovering Paul's passion for the gospel message, namely that we are made new in Christ. Amazing. Transforming. So last week we discovered our new identity and today we'll be exploring our new family. Next week we'll be looking at new behaviours. And last but not least, our new victory. So last week we highlighted Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, where Paul says that God loved us and chose us from a time before creation. He planned to save us and through Christ make us pure and blameless in His sight. God always planned to save us and give us a clean slate. Isn't that incredible? Our new identity is rooted in the fact that God loved us and chose us, completely redeeming us through the power of the cross. We are His. Did everyone come away with that? (laughs) Thinking about it during the week, I even said it to myself in the mirror. I am His. I am His. No matter who we are, what others say about us, what we tell ourselves, First and foremost, we belong to God and this shapes our new identity. The spiritual blessings that Paul highlights in Ephesians 1 are what form our new identity and we'll be delving into one of these a little more today. But just as a refresher, we're just going to go back over those 
First one is that God chose us before the world existed to be holy and blameless in His sight through Christ. Second, He has adopted us as His children and we have a new family. That's where we're going today. He has freely bestowed His grace on us. We can't earn it. It's, it's a gift. We have been redeemed, freed, because Jesus paid the ransom for our sin with His life. God revealed to all of us His great plans and purposes. And finally, we have been marked with the Holy Spirit, confirming we are made right with Christ and we will spend eternity with Him. What a load of blessing. What a load of promises. So we'll be delving into that second blessing today, the fact that through Jesus, God has adopted us as His children and created a new family. We'll take that second step in our new identity. Not only have we been loved and chosen, we are now accepted. So powerful. We've been plucked out of our old life, given a second chance, completely loved. And now, now we've been welcomed in, in warm embrace into a family of people who have all been given a second chance. That's all of us here. We are God's children. We are family. Can you say, we are a new family? family. Awesome. This family is the church. This is our home, our family. This is where God lives. He lives in us, in one another. As we love one another, we are expressing God's love to each other and His love is made known to the world. Famous verse in 1 John, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and His love is brought to full expression in us. Amazing. Paul, the writer of Ephesians, is completely passionate about the gospel message, completely, and knows that God's plan was and is to build the local church on the foundation of that message. This is evident in all of Paul's letters, but it is made very clear in Ephesians. We are adopted into his family and God doesn't discriminate. He planned from the beginning to bring all people into his dear family, a family united by their love for Jesus, but not uniform. This family is marked by its diversity. So let's jump in. Our first scripture for today from Ephesians 1 verse 5 on the screen. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. I love that. It gave him great pleasure. He didn't do it begrudgingly because he felt like he had to because Adam and Eve sinned and it all sort of fell apart. He planned to do that even before that happened. He always planned to do it and it gave him great pleasure because he loves us. Amazing. So this is, this is the first point I want to make today is that we are adopted into this family. To adopt someone is to legally take another's child and bring it up as one's own. 
We know that to adopt is often a lengthy process, right? We hear about it from celebrities. <laughs> Actually, it's not that lengthy for them, but it is for everyone else. <laughs> and, and it's not a decision you make lightly, is it? It is a predetermined, considered act out of a desire to love someone and accept them into your family. And it is a pleasure to do that. Nathan and I have a family in our world that have adopted. These people are very dear to us and we actually call them our Sydney family. I worked with them for a year when I did Bible college. I lived with them and helped them run their house and look after their kids. And their third child, a beautiful and very spirited little girl, was, was fostered. And she had a, a very different background in every way possible to the older two children. And yet she was their sister and their daughter in every other sense of the word. So this little girl was fostered to them at around nine months of age, so a baby. And it wasn't until her 12th birthday that the adoption papers finally came through. These people had fought and fought and fought to keep her. And finally, when she was 12, those papers came through. So over 11 years of raising this little girl as their own, 11 years of heartache and waiting, then she was formally theirs, officially they, she belonged to their family. Incredible. And Nathan and I watched in awe as, as all this unfolded before our eyes. And this wasn't just about the daughter that they adopted. This family adopted people into their clan all the time. And for our last few years in Sydney, we really felt like we had a family, someone nearby who had our backs, someone to turn to when things got really rough. And I know our, our actual families at home were really grateful for that. Mum's nodding. My mother's nodding. Yes. Very grateful. And, and I relate that back to God and I think about how he yearned for us. He wanted us all to be his children. This family waited over a decade, but God waited even longer, <laughs> much longer from the time of the creation of Adam and Eve, God decided in advance to adopt us. He had to wait until Jesus lived, died and was resurrected to formally adopt us into his family. In, in a moment, in the death and resurrection of Jesus, the walls of hostility, that's what Paul describes in Ephesians 2, were broken down between us and God and between one another. So this is, this is the first point today. We are adopted into this new family. Not only are we adopted, we are a united family. Do you remember last week, if you could cast your mind back, and if you weren't here, that's fine, go and listen to the podcast. Um, I spoke about the culture of the church in Ephesus. Paul was really concerned because the Jewish believers felt like their historical heritage as God's chosen people gave them an advantage over the non-Jewish believers. And this was causing internal strife and bickering and divisions and rifts. And it was breaking Paul's heart because he knows what the truth is. So Paul tells the Ephesians in um, 
chapter 3, verse 6, and we have it up on the screen. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles, so people who aren't Jewish, both Jew, Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body or family because they belong to Christ Jesus. The truth is that in Jesus, God loves and accepts us all. We have a new family, a family united by our love for Christ. So in the Old Testament, in Genesis, God chose Abraham as his vessel to bring about his chosen people and and through this lineage came Jesus Christ. God set the Israelites apart. He made them special to be a beacon of love and extraordinary generosity that would draw people to him. Unfortunately, as we journey through the Old Testament, this doesn't work out so good. And and we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. That's a bit of a teaser. But as we move into the New Testament, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, we see that this special attitude hasn't changed. Jews believed that Jesus came from them, which, which he did. But they thought Jesus was only for them which just wasn't true. In Ephesians 2, uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3, Paul outlines God's plan was to always unite the Jewish people and the Gentiles, so people who aren't Jewish. Like we need a do-over, the Jews also needed a do-over in their thinking. God adopts us into a new family which is united and set apart by its love for and in Christ. That's us here today. In chapter 3, Paul describes this as a mysterious plan that God has chosen him to reveal to the nations. And it's not a mysterious plan in the sense of like a mystery novel where you kind of have to read on and investigate and there's twists and turns and it's a problem to solve. It's Paul's just saying this is something that wasn't known and now he's making known and God has appointed him to tell everyone that Jesus is for them no matter who you are where you've come from and that's and that's what unites us we are a new family so we are adopted we are united and we are globalized that's the third point I want to make today When Jesus' blood was shed on the cross, it was truly meant for everyone. There's an open invitation to everyone on the planet, all races, all skin colours, all cultures, socioeconomic backgrounds, family histories and lineages, language, nationalities, gene size, hair colour, whether you've got a beard or you don't. God doesn't discriminate. Everyone belongs in this new family. We find a home, find a place because primarily we all belong to God through Jesus Christ. I'm just going to turn our attention to the screen for a moment um, and uh, just look at a church that celebrates the fact that Jesus is a global figure. So this is, um, don't mind my child, this is, uh, this is the Church of the Annunciation 
in Nazareth. So Nazareth is the town Jesus grew up in. Back then it was a small little hill country town, little hillbilly town of about 500 people. That's what historians and theologians, um, that's their best guess. That was quite small. But uh, it's called the Church of the Annunciation because um, it's referring to uh, the announcement of Jesus coming. So the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and saying, I'm going to put my child in you and her pooping her pants probably. And <laughs> so that, that, that celebrates that moment where the promise of, of this Messiah actually comes to pass. And um, next we're going to look at this beautiful painting. Does anyone know this one? Very famous. It's by Raphael. It's called The Madonna and Child and not the Madonna as in the Madonna we know. This lady has way too many clothes to be that girl. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, Madonna is the Catholic term for Mary, Virgin Mary, Mother of Jesus. So this is a depiction of the Virgin Mother and baby Jesus. And what's the first thing <laughs> that comes to mind? They're very Anglo-Saxon, aren't they? Gee, they were Middle Eastern, they were Hebrew. And you think, what's with that? What's with that? But the gospel speaks to such a deep, human, universal experience, namely our lost sense of identity, our search for meaning, that whenever the gospel enters a culture, we can't help but sort of depict Jesus in light of our own cultural background. And, and when this church in Nazareth was built or rebuilt, they commissioned artists from all nations all over the world to depict this painting in light of their cultural markers. Can we just start running those? This one is from Japan. Isn't it beautiful? And apparently this is actually inside the church and it's one of the biggest and it's actually a tiled mosaic. Isn't that incredible? Beautiful. Next slide, please, Morella. This is from Kenya. All these people bringing tributes to baby Jesus. Incredible. And we have a few more. So apparently in the outer area, there's, there's the rest of them. And you just see the difference between Ethiopia and Bulgaria. Every culture depicting Jesus in light of their experience. Next one, please. Singapore and Egypt, completely different. All in homage to Jesus. So different. So different. And thanks, guys. It kind of blows your mind, doesn't it? blows your mind that Jesus transcends every cultural, national, racial and language barrier. There is no barrier for God. The God who created the world sent His Son to unite the world so that everyone could be part of this new family. Christianity is the most culturally diverse religion. Jesus came to do something for all people in all places in all times. Isn't that amazing? We are adopted, we are united, and we are globalised in this new family. Turn to your neighbour and say, we are a new family. 
poor Brendan, he doesn't really have a neighbour. <laughs> He's feeling a little bit lost on the Nathan abandoned you. <laughs> oh dear. And goodness me, I am so proud to be a family member of the C3 Church Nord arm of God's new family. We are a community that embraces everyone, but what unites us is our mutual love for Christ. I was adopted into this family when I made a decision to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Saviour when I was nine years old. And let me tell you, I honestly don't know where I'd be without my new family. I truly get what Paul means when he's trying to explain to the Ephesians that before anything or anyone else, we first belong to God and his new united family. If I'm honest with you, my biological family is full of wild, colourful, interesting people, some of whom make me feel very uncomfortable, who I definitely don't feel like I belong with. Definitely not. It's also full of wonderful people too, don't get me wrong. But growing up, I didn't really feel like I fit anywhere else. Not with my extended family, not in the school community, not in a sports club or a music group, although I did all those things. But the only place I felt truly at ease was right here in my new family. Here everyone is accepted. It's a home, a family, a community, a second chance for a new family. And this makes all the difference in our do-over, belonging. We may be ashamed of our home family, may feel a little like me. And I know you've all got someone in your family that you'd rather not be. We all have them. We all have them. But there is no shame in our new family. There is forgiveness and grace and a chance at a do-over for everyone. There is no condemnation in Christ. You may not know your ancestry, but God says it doesn't matter. He says, I always plan to adopt you into my family there's, there's nothing wrong with joining Ancestry.com and checking out your lineage, but know your family lineage, your DNA, your ancestry doesn't define who you are. God gives you a new identity and adopts you into His family. And first and foremost, you belong to Him. In the past or, or even right now, you may have looked to online groups or social media to create community. Unfortunately, this has tricked us into thinking we have meaningful connections when we, when we really don't. But here, we have a big family gathering every Sunday and lots of smaller ones in between. It is a real family, a real community with real connections We are never lost for opportunities to gather together and love and encourage and strengthen one another, to live life together, help one another get through the tough times and and relish in the joy of the good too. And, you know, perhaps once upon a time you may have found it slightly uncomfortable to be around people who aren't exactly like you. 
The devil loves to play on our insecurities and keep us apart. But as I mentioned before, God doesn't discriminate. Paul says in Ephesians 2.21 that we are carefully joined together in Him. And remember that unity doesn't equal uniformity. This family is marked by its diversity, its differences. I remember in my teens, and I don't know if, if Jane remembers this or Pastor Chris and Vicky remember this, but I, re- I clearly remember Jane standing up in a prayer meeting, and I think it was, and, and prophesying that this place will be filled with people from all over the world, all nations, all cultures, all nationalities and backgrounds. And it brings incredible joy to my heart and it renews my trust in God and His goodness that we see that to be true today. How good is God? This is a family. Like my dear friend Cara says, every week it's like a big family gathering with all the cousins and aunts and uncles and none of us ever want to leave. It's true. Nobody ever wants to leave, do they, Pastor Vicky? No one ever wants to leave. And that is a really good sign. That is, a, that is the best thing ever. And I know it brings joy to Pastor Chris and Pastor Vicky's heart. People walk into this church for the first time and tell us they feel like they've found a home. It is a mandate and a cultural marker of C3 that you feel the warm embrace of this new family. And our founding pastor, Pastor Chris Pringle, says it's like a big hug. If you don't like being hugged, that's okay. We won't actually hug you if you don't want to be hugged. But of embrace. We are family. We are a new family. And what joins us, what unites us because of Jesus, we are all loved and chosen and accepted by God. This is the foundation of our do-over. We are given a new identity and a new family, a new family where we are adopted, united and globalised. We're from everywhere. We have various pasts and backgrounds, but God loves us and has adopted us all, united us all through the power the blood, the love of Jesus Christ and is marked by its diversity. We are a new family. Incredible, incredible chalk. Can I? Today, you may be here and your heart has connected with the words Paul has lovingly penned in Ephesians. (laughs) To you, a do-over sounds really good. A new identity, a new family may be just what you need. My friend, let me tell you, you need Jesus. Because it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, what your past is, what your family history is. The truth is God loves you. And the moment you decide to accept Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour, He will choose you and adopt you into His new united family. And all you have to do is ask for forgiveness from sin and accept that Jesus died for you and restored you to God. And we do this all by praying a simple prayer. 
if you are here today and you've never prayed a prayer like that and you would like to, we would love you to pray it today. Likewise, if you once believed in Jesus, but you don't feel like you identify as a follower of Christ now, then we would love you to pray that prayer too. So in a moment, we're all going to close our eyes. If you would like to pray this prayer, I will ask you to raise your hand. I will acknowledge it. You can put it down and then we'll pray all together as a church, right where you are in your seat. Then after the service, one of our team will come and chat to you and about the decision you've made and where to go from there. So let's do that right now, church. Let's close our eyes. Just have a quiet moment. Thank you, God. Something may have really hit you today. Your heart may be beating a million miles a minute. God is doing something. He's speaking to your heart. And if that's you today, if you've never prayed a prayer like that or you once did, but things have got in the way and you want to pray that prayer again, if you are in either of those boats, could you just raise your hand right now if you want to pray that prayer? That's wonderful, family. That's wonderful. Why don't we just stand together right now? We're just going to soak for a minute in God's presence. I invite you to just raise your hands, close your eyes, whatever you need to do to just look away to God. What has stood out to you today? What words is your heart connected with? Is it that God loves you so much that He wants to adopt you? Is it that in this place we are united by the love of God and how powerful that is? The fact that it doesn't matter where you've come from, who you are, God loves you and everyone is accepted in this place. Thank you, Lord. What are you going to do with that this week? I encourage you to to soak in your newfound revelation and to live it out. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to pray over us right now. Thank you, Lord. We are made completely new in Christ. This is our do-over, our new identity. Lord, that you loved us and chose us. And Lord, that we have a new family now, a new family adopted and accepted. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pull a pray uh, prayers, pray 
Paul's prayer over us right now. This is from the end of Ephesians 3. Paul writes, I pray that from His glorious, unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your heart as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Give Carmen a hand. (laughs) 